Welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Adam, founder and CEO of Bounty Zero X. Bounty Zero X is a decentralized bounty hunting network powered by the BNTY token. My guest on the show is Stefan Krastev and David Bonev. Uh, Stefan is co-founder and CEO of Cures Token. Stefan's background is in consulting and project manager. Since March 2017, Stefan has uh, co-founded uh, Vision Technology. David has extensive experience in organization, marketing, and management, applying a powerful combination of creativity, organizational, and leadership skills. He's been responsible for managing activities at the highest level, single-handedly organizing, coordinating, and ensuring compliance action plans and work targets on department levels while in charge of work process in directorate finance economics. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, uh, gentlemen. Thank you for coming on. Thanks Hello. for having us. Thanks for having us, yeah. Yeah, so um, on our podcast, we uh, talk to CEOs and uh developers in the cryptocurrency space and uh, we're excited to talk to you guys today about the project uh, cures token that you're working on so maybe one of you can give me a brief introduction on uh what the project is and the problem that you're solving okay this would be this would be uh brilliant yeah just for the record this is stefan speaking <laughs> Uh, so, a uh, brief introduction is something that uh, might not be quite easy to do because uh, the project is actually quite quite diverse and big. It's an ecosystem of six platforms, but let's start from the basic. We are in the healthcare sector and we're working on solving a few pressing issues in the healthcare sector. Uh, Probably, you know, healthcare is a huge sector, a huge business sector worldwide. There is, uh, you know, nine uh, trillion dollars turnover per year right now, and it will grow. However, the healthcare sector really lacks some basic, um, basic business principles that uh, people should, uh, should have at their disposal. Uh, transparency is one of them. Very often people going into care uh, they don't know the cost up front. They don't know what they're letting themselves into. Uh, transfer of data and the data of patients is very often not in their hands, but it's scattered across various organizations. And of course, the issue of uh, you know open market competitiveness and uh, the issue of of, of, of getting the best um, the best uh, offer that's out there for you. With our six platforms, we're we're going uh, some way towards um, solving these these issues in the healthcare sector. Great. So, tell me about your backgrounds and uh, what knowledge do you have of the healthcare center of the healthcare market overall that you can bring to help you to solve this problem? Do you have prior experience working in healthcare or any type of uh, you know? Uh, business experience uh, in this market segment that makes you uh, specifically or acutely aware of some of the issues and problems that mm -hmm. are facing this area? Of course. Uh, well, it's. Uh, I'm glad you're asking this question because this this allows me the opportunity to bring the rest of the team uh, into into this. Uh, because the reality is that neither me or uh, David are medical doctors. However, we have extensive experience in in business and uh, more specifically in medical tourism as well. 
Uh, however, on our team, we've got we've got professors of medicines, we've got doctors, uh, we've got former ministers of health who have worked for the government, and we have got people who are actually medical researchers and have done clinical research. So we're drawing upon the competence of, of the whole team into this. We specifically have worked on project, as I mentioned, for medical tourism, and uh, we know uh, a lot about the sector from there as well. Uh, because the reality is that a lot of people are searching for better opportunities in a country other than, than the place they live in, for instance. You know, it can go two ways. It can go, uh, for example, for people going um, to a more to a country where healthcare is more advanced to receive treatment that they can't get at home, or what is happening on a mass scale in the last years is is people going abroad for treatments that are uh, many times more cost effective than they are back home for the same uh, treatment. And accessibility is actually a very serious problem which can be solved. Uh, as I said again, the team is diverse and we've got health consultants that work with us on a daily basis and a number of clinics that have already been incorporated into the project. So uh, this is in a nutshell our background and the, the, the involvement in the project in the medical world really so far. Uh, great. So let me switch over to David. Uh, so David, uh, I want to switch over to you and ask you a couple questions to get you involved also. Uh, yes. Stefan, thanks for giving us an intro to the platform and a little bit of background about your team and uh, the project. Uh, so David, um, tell me a little bit about uh, how you and Stefan met. Well, uh, with uh, Stefan, we met uh, through uh, to our background, which uh, specifically mine is, uh, I've been working as a banker for the past seven years. Uh, for the past two years, I've been working in a private equity firm as an investment banker. And uh, I have always uh, tried to different uh, the portfolio of our investors. And I was always looking for some cutting edge projects uh, with the team that has already proven uh, itself uh, to making let's say the impossible possible in uh, this case uh, with stefan i've heard a lot about his project vision uh, which was a software which is actually in our marketplace and it's actually the first ever software for colorblind people which after you install it on your computer not via some uh, physical glasses or uh, things like this which are actually being advertised on the internet. No, in uh, his uh, software that he developed and managed to make actually possible and give uh, free to all the schools of our country, but that's another subject. Uh, this software allows for the first time colorblind people to be able to see colors. And this was amazing. On top of it, uh, him and his team uh, gave it for free. And this was something that, uh, I mean, for me, it was very emotional to see a peer of my country to do such an amazing work and uh, for for non-profit. I wanted to meet with him and uh, we have discussed uh, what we can do in the future. But he wanted to do something uh, much more global and uh, we needed the team of professionals and visionaries to make this possible. Uh, we both have a lot of connection throughout uh, the government and via the hospitals that we had, first of all, in our country. Afterwards, let me just to make a brief input. At the moment, uh, we have already managed to sign more than 83 hospitals worldwide 
to work with uh, the Cures token, uh, which was a great success for us considering how difficult it is to explain to a hospital that they would have to receive uh, cryptocurrency, what cryptocurrency is, but the, the moment uh, that we explained to them that uh, this would give them, not only them, but this would profit not only them, but uh, also the end users by lowering the cost via not uh, via saving the taxes and transfers. Uh, they were very excited and we started uh, contracting and signing a lot of partners. Hmm. And so what do these partners partnership agreements that you signed consist of? Do they agree to try out your software once it's ready or? Yes, it's a preliminary of... agreement that they can give their names and their logo that we can put it on our platform. And once the platform is ready, they can receive our Cures token as a payment for the users that have bought it. Not only that, but they have, some of them has actually even participated in the purchase uh, of our token. Uh... Uh, well, to be honest, if I can just compliment what, what um, uh, David said there, uh, the business-to-business -business communication uh, that we've had since the launch of, of our uh, token offer uh, has been, you know, this has been one nice surprise because originally when we uh, launched it, uh, you know what it's like, you know, trying to explain to uh, doctors of medicine and professors who are, uh, you know, okay, very clever people in the top most clever people in the world, but they are differently minded. And to explain to them about the technological um, miracle that blockchain gives us and the uh, opportunities that give us and the uh, actual benefit that's, uh, that could be uh, given to them as medical providers and, and as medical doctors and as clinics and as private practitioners, we thought that this would be a, a much harder task than it turned out to be. And the response is actually overwhelmingly uh, good. on them for a second because for them we're actually uh, solving a few pain points and I think this is uh, the secret behind uh, you know any any successful business one is the transfer of medical data for the patients they have the opportunity to actually see a person and then see everything that's that's uh, happened before of course granted that they've received the permission from uh, this patient uh, also they can compete on an open uh, market for different services that they offer but also receive a very um, how should they say trusted review from uh, only patients and clients that have actually uh, conducted a transaction with them. So no one can go on this trust review system and just post, uh, you know, whatever they like. They must have actually used the services to be able to do this. And we have actually quite a comprehensive B2B platform for people who offer uh, medical uh, equipment and medical equipment suppliers it could be for things like, you know, personal stuff like hearing aids or spectacles to big, uh, you know, machines for laser operations that people do in the cosmetic clinics. So the B2B communication in that respect has been really well. But I'd like to turn this around for a second and mention that we actually have got a charitable trust fund with 5% um, of the total uh, token supply. And this charitable trust fund will be uh, aimed at supporting projects 
that are actually aimed at healthcare in, in not so much developed parts of the world. And this is where actually the strong community will take charge and, and decide on which projects will be supported by it. Okay, great. That sounds very interesting. Uh, so let me uh, switch topics and discuss the roadmap. So you guys have plans to launch the marketplace and the trust review platform uh, in Q1 of 2019. Can you yeah. tell me a little bit about uh, the current development that is ongoing on the platform for the marketplace and uh, other types of development that you have ongoing currently? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, the platform, the, the roadmap that we've published on the website, it's actually going on pretty well. And uh, the alpha version of the marketplace we've launched already. Obviously, there's a lot of tests now, which we're doing together with our uh, clinics. Um, our aim was at the end of quarter one to launch the uh, marketplace and trust review platform with a minimum of 100 approved medical uh, you know, clinics globally. And as uh, David mentioned earlier, we're not far off this uh, target. And we still got one month from uh, Q1, so that's that's good. Um, so this is this is actually going uh, very well. The Hub Store is virtually uh, ready. We already have our own app vision, which uh, helps uh, people with various um, sorts and, and degree of color vision deficiency use uh, a device more, um, how should I say, enjoyably. Uh, so this is uh, going fine really as well. Uh, the Probably the main thing that we are excited uh, about at the moment is the electronic health records uh, because this is actually um, a development that solves a lot of pain points for clinics but for patients alike. And uh, what's also good is that, okay, patients can, uh, you know, be the ones who are in control of their medical data. Uh, but this will be available very soon to users. But what is an innovation there as well is that they can also monetize their medical data by giving restricted access to it for various statistical surveys or medical surveys or um, service of, of, uh, of that kind, service and researchers of uh, that kind. So actually, with, with that in mind, I mean, we've got uh, quite, uh, quite good development power behind our backs, and uh, the, the roadmap is being followed very strictly. This is actually something that we uh, discussed and thought about a lot from the very beginning. And I think a key to a project like ours is to have a very realistic timetable that you can, you know, adhere to. And, uh, you know, if you don't, then you must have very valid reasons for it. But if you just put a very ambitious uh, timetable there and a roadmap and then don't stick to it, this this isn't going to, to uh, speak a lot of good to your future users and clients. Hmm. So maybe you can give us a brief overview of how the electronic health record system works. So... Uh, basically, Cures Token uh, EHR records will be accessible to patients when they change doctors uh, yeah. or move abroad. So they'll basically have access to all their rec uh, their medical records that were generated from these participating uh, doctors and hospitals. Correct. Uh, well, you see, it's on the surface. Uh, 
on the surface, patients won't even, uh, you know, uh, realize that the blockchain is involved. So from a user perspective, it will be very user friendly. But the difference here is that, yes, patients will actually, at the moment, medical records exist. For example, every time you've been to hospital somewhere or to a doctor somewhere, a record has been created for this visit and for the condition that has been observed and the treatment prescribed. However, this information is scattered across many, many different providers. And if the patient you know, goes to another provider, then they have to very often start from zero. Yes, you can get access to your own medical data, but it is a painful process because you have to go individually to, to the different medical providers and sometimes even be charged for getting access to your own medical information. Now, with the electronic health records, uh, patients are actually in control of their record and they give authorized access to the different actors. So for example, if they go to a new doctor, they can give them uh, access, and this is recorded through a smart contract on the blockchain, the actual granting of permission to access the electronic health records. Our aim with this is to achieve data security and guaranteed credibility of data. One version of all uh, data consumers and no unnecessary delays of data transfers. Of course, um, this gives the patients a lot of, uh, you know, benefits, like not only puts them in the center of the healthcare system, which is another value, but also, for example, imagine expats who are abroad and uh, they want to consult something with their doctor back home. Immediately, they can give them access and see what's been happening since they've been abroad. Or imagine also people from, let's say, parts of the world where there's not so many doctors per number of population and uh, this way they can, uh, you know, use the miracle of telemedicine for their own help. And um, what is really important really is that uh, with the electronic health records is that Patients are put in the center of, of this process. They are the ones who manage their uh, health data and who give permission and access to it to the various people that, that they uh, decide to do. So how will you be incentivizing the, uh, uh, the medical service providers to start supporting this type of uh, medical records management system? Uh, well, it makes their life uh, much easier, really. And so far, as I mentioned, we've been uh, pleasantly surprised with the ease of the B2B communication, especially when it comes to electronic health records. It Electronic health records still, uh, I mean, I, I want to say we're not inventing the wheel here or the hot water. Uh, they exist in one form or another. The problem is to have them uniformed so that when you go from a, from a uh, say, uh, hospital in the US to a hospital in the UK or in Spain or in France to be able to give access to this hospital to your medical data and for all of this to happen in a, in a, in a transparent and cost-efficient way. Now, uh, to be honest with you, it's, uh, you know, I might make it sound smoother than it is, uh, but there is a lot of um, challenges and obstacles to be overcome here. One challenge, for example, is uh, the technical challenge and the cost-effectiveness of challenge because, uh, you know, as you know, storing data on the blockchain uh, 
I mean, storing actual data on the blockchain is is still you know challenging from a technical perspective, and it can be quite um, let's say not so cost efficient with the with the cost of gas. Uh, but uh, we're using a combination of, of system, including the interplanetary file system uh, and uh, the, the actual blockchain is used only for recording who gives permission to who and who has actually accessed the data in a way. Uh, and with regards to the uh, cost effectiveness, really this, this solves the issue and makes the electronic health records uh, competitive to, to use for, for anyone who uh, is really looking at, at not only, uh, you know, being a healthcare user, but actually someone who is uh, intending to manage their healthcare in a positive way. Yeah, but it seems to me like the challenge with implementing this is for uh, getting the medical providers to utilize this uh, medical records management software so that when a patient goes to one of these uh, service providers, uh, the medical records will be integrated into this platform through the hospital or the, uh, you know, the uh, doctor's office. So when you approach these hospitals or these doctor's offices, and you say to them, you know, we have this software and we'd like you to change from the software that you're currently using to our software. Uh, how do you incentivize them to take the time and investment to change what they're currently using for medical records management and switch over to the software that uh, you're offering? Oh, well, that, this is a brilliant question, and thank you for it. it uh, I just want to, uh, you know, maybe uh, correct a thing here. We're not talking about a switch. We're talking about something completely different, an upgrade or or something of a different and, and new generation. Uh, incentivizing, of course, can happen in many ways, but the people who... Um, you know, the medical clinics and the providers who agree uh, to be part of our, our ecosystem obviously uh, get uh, listings and uh, a place on our marketplace as well, uh, which gives them, uh, you know, this, this has some, uh, you know, actual and some perceived advantages. The actual advantages are that, you know, their base of potential uh, clients and patients uh, widens with, with a group of people that is predominantly young and a group of people that, uh, you know, are predominantly clever. I'm talking here about the crypto community. And uh, as well with the perceived advantages, it's not a small thing to, to, uh, to be involved in the okay you must be in your top game in medicine but if you are in the involved in in such an advanced technology such as blockchain and utilizing it for the sake of providing patients with um, uh, security of data and giving them ownership of data then i you know there, there's no way that this can be bad for you as a medical provider maybe we can uh, change topics from the electronic healthcare records and uh, briefly discuss the marketplace and trust review system. So, yeah. Uh, so basically, this is a system which lets users are uh, seeking to find uh, medical service providers to go online and browse and search uh, where they can 
view the different providers in their area. So if they're in a city, they can see different service providers near them and uh, compare uh, the quality uh, based off of the reviews that people have left them. And uh, Correct. And then so, uh, so can you talk a little bit about this uh, marketplace and, and uh, how it will work? Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, I mean, we've called it marketplace because it really is a type of marketplace. However, it is uh, a marketplace which works on a freemium business model. So uh, all the clinics are free to join there. And um, there are some premium features that they can uh, purchase. For example, a better uh, dashboard with more analytics but they can't pay to get a better listing um, up, up uh, the list of providers in a current area. And also they can't in no way uh, influence the trust review system and the uh, reviews that uh, users leave them. However, a very big advantage for them is the fact that, as I mentioned, only people who have actually made a transaction with them with Cures token recorded on the blockchain through smart contract can leave them a review and give them uh, give them let's say a mark for uh, the service that they have provided and the decentralized review uh, system guarantees uh, better better quality for everyone involved and um, Cures token is actually about this for better quality in uh, healthcare. Now, one interesting feature that I don't think we've touched on uh, yet is the opportunity of people not just to browse um, their marketplace, the Cures token marketplace, but to also actually submit a request for quote or more or less auctionize their uh, you know, need for medical treatment and then get responses back from the competent uh, clinics that are interested and are able to provide uh, this service to them. And obviously, all, all transactions uh, that happen through the marketplace are conducted in Cures Token. So we can briefly change topics now, and I want to discuss uh, the team that you guys have put together to uh, uh, solve the problems and develop the platforms that you're working on. So you have uh, quite an extensive team of people. Uh, are you guys all working full-time or part-time? And uh, tell me a little bit about what your day-to-day -day activities are uh, as CEO and uh as your role as uh, CFO. So David, do you wanna uh, go ahead and tell me a little bit about uh, you know, the, the team that you put together and how you're able to uh, find all these people to work on this and uh, you know, the, the daily tasks that you're working on in your role as CFO for the company? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So our team, as uh, people can see on the curestoken.com page, it's uh, it's international uh, with uh, people from not just the medical sector, but uh, also finance. And as Stefan said, we have also a next uh, a next minister of health uh, in our midst, and uh, all of most of our team has already been experienced either in blockchain, finance, or in the medical sector. Uh, my specific day-to-day uh, -day activities consist of uh, following up on the progress of uh, the purchases of our token. Uh, 
and uh, of trying to find uh, the best company which can actually, and we are already uh, probably, let's say 50% ready with the alpha version of uh, the decentralizing of the EHR. Uh, via one of the best uh, software companies, Progress, if I can actually, um, I hope I don't make any commercial for them. Uh, but actually the Progress uh, team, it's a Bulgarian and they sold their companies for more than 200 millions and now they're based in New York and they, they, are, they are actually the people who are working with uh, us and they've actually made some up software updates for Microsoft. Uh, most of my specific day-to-day job as well is contacting uh, all of our partners international ones we have also made great great opportunity to open uh, office in switzerland with our representative there and we're also having one in hong kong and in austria it's where we actually met uh, a lot a lot of uh, people who are interested and found our project to be very very good and very very promising And Stefan, do you want to uh, tell us a little about what your day-to-day role is and uh, responsibility as CEO? Of course, absolutely. Well, CEO, this is an interesting, um, uh, how should I say, role or job description to have. Uh, we don't have a typical corporate structure in our team because, as you know, we are we are blockchain and crypto enthusiasts. So uh, we like to uh, work mostly on the horizontal line, not so much the vertical line. So CEO, I would say, more uh, mostly stands for you know coordinator of. Uh, ecosystem opportunities than chief executive officer. So my job is obviously in close coordination with the rest of the team, but mostly, you know, bouncing around the marketing and the development department, uh, because obviously the development department is doing a lot of hard work uh, behind the scenes, but the marketing department is letting people know about all the good things we're doing. And uh, we normally have a conference call every morning, a Skype conference call. When I say morning, I mean, uh, you know, morning European time, despite the fact that we've got people all over the place, but everybody makes it. We discuss who's doing what for the week and for the day. And quite often my day is also busy with uh, events uh, who are, um, which are, Again, all over the place. I mean, recently we were in uh, Dubai, London, Malta, Austria, uh, and presented at different uh, events our project, which, as um, David mentioned, has has been met with a very positive response. Also, not a small part of uh, you know my day or my week is uh, meeting with. Uh, people who are actually interested in the development of the project. I wouldn't call these people, uh, you know, necessarily investors, but let's say people that uh, David's met and vetted as, as people who uh, would be worthy of developing them to the development, of, of attracting them to the development of the platform as well. And, uh, you know, meeting with visionary people who can actually help us popularize the project, our ideas, and uh, find new new um, solutions for optimizing our processes. Uh, I'll give you an example. Like now, this morning, we've had a long meeting about the forthcoming uh, listing of Cures Token in some of the top crypto exchanges. Uh, obviously, we're still in the uh, you know 
token generation event. So we're still in our uh, in the time frame of our token offer, but we've got preliminary agreements with a few uh, very trustworthy and very secure exchanges uh, that uh, are going to list us uh, in a matter of of, of a month. And uh, obviously, we'll make big fuss about it when this happens. No, no worries. I mean, this will be uh, a grand topic for the marketing team to uh, work on. So this was actually the best part of my day today was dedicated on this. I might just, if I can also add, I'm absolutely thrilled that in uh, this very bearish market, we have actually, uh, we were very, very fortunate uh, and the whole team and I and Stefan to each our soft cap where last year, after the first quarter, more than 84% of the ICOs failed to even reach their soft cap. And we did not only that, but as I've mentioned, we have found uh, peers of ours which uh, give their own offices so they can be our representative. And we're currently having representatives with offices in London, Hong Kong, uh, Zook in Geneva, which was great. It took us more than three months and took a very, very expensive professional legal team to set this up. So we actually being at this stage, I might say that we're being at this stage, one of the most successful, the most successful ICOs out there at the moment. And this is hard facts data. Yeah, that's congratulations. So thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Thanks, so what so what have been some so you mentioned this with your pre-sale being a success. Uh, so what have been some of your greatest successes so far besides that? Uh, what are some of the things that you're most proud of that you've been accomplishing in the past few months? Well, to be honest, you know, it's I don't want to brag about it or, or, or uh, you know, show off. But I think that sticking strictly to the roadmap we have developed uh, is, is a great thing. And I think this is a great thing that uh, you know sets us aside from from uh, many other projects. And another great thing has been um, our ability, as uh, David mentioned, to make a success in the bearish market that we've got available. And the third one, which I'm mostly thrilled about, is our developments on the electronic health records. I know how hard the guys in our development team are working on it, and this is really a, a, a break in innovation, I mean globally. Uh, I'm not saying, I don't want to undermine the other elements of our project, like marketplace or marketplace for medical equipment suppliers, the innovative charitable trust fund and the medical assurance platform, but the reality is that uh, the hub store is very innovative, but the real innovation and the real um, the real element that will solve a lot of pain points is the electronic health record. And we are actually a few steps away from launching the first uh, version of them. So this is something that makes me particularly proud. And this is an element of our project that we are going to develop in the long term, including with uh, with a security token offer later in the year, which will give even further um, further evidence uh, to our supporters and early adopters how seriously we're taking things uh, by by putting them on a more long term um, on a more long term surface, but also making sure that the legal framework gives them even greater protection than they have at the moment. Okay, and just to uh, you know, ask a follow-up question on the electronic health record system. 
Can you speak to the business plan for monetizing uh, that service and uh, how you plan to generate revenue from from uh, that product? Absolutely, yeah. Well, the electronic health records will be a paid service. So people will have to pay for it on subscription basis. I'm talking here about patients and, and individual users. Um, Again, of course, they can also, it gives them the opportunity to monetize their data. So if they're using the opportunities of the electronic health records wisely, it can work out for them, uh, you know, at a very basic level, absolutely free of charge, or they can even earn money through it. Very simple business model, subscription-based, uh, and then also giving them the chance to monetize their data through sharing it with various, uh, you know, surveys, with with. Uh, big companies and uh, organizations who are making clinical researches or uh, are, are following, you know, certain trend in the population. Um, however, of course, in the electronic health records, there will be a certain uh, number, a certain, how should I say, element of reward included. If you're following, say, certain health patterns or if you're following exactly the plan that your doctor or medical service provider has prescribed to you, then you will be rewarded in Cures Token and, uh, you know, to be able to do that, to be able to receive these rewards in Cures Token, of course, first of all, you must have uh, to subscribe to the electronic health record. So you're going to be um, offering uh, drug companies and research companies the ability to purchase the data from no, the... no, 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 I'll stop you right there. This is absolutely not what we're going to do. And I'm glad you, you're asking because maybe someone listening to the podcast might have thought that, you know, this is exactly what, what we're going to do. No, we're not Cambridge Analytica and we're not uh, Facebook. We're not any of the nowadays 800 pounds uh, gorillas in the internet and data world. We're going to give the patients who are the actual owners of data the right should they decide to make the informed decision to do so we're not going to do anything like this for them and also we're going to give them the uh, opportunity to give access to the right amount of data cryptocurrency cryptography they're going to be able to you know, encrypt their data and maybe give access to only the data that is of, of, of value to the person who's doing the research, say their age, their sex, and maybe uh, the frequency of a given medical condition, like how many times they contracted the flu over the past couple of years, but not give away their, their very uh, personal details or details that they don't feel secure of, you know, letting go so and this is also i'm sorry just to interrupt this is also another way for them to monetize on their own data so how much money do you think a patient can earn by selling their data on average to the uh, companies who are interested in purchasing it so what value is an individual uh, person's healthcare data uh, what have you done any research on that to look into uh, how much a person can generate from selling their uh, health data to uh, potential buyers? Well, this is an interesting question, but to be honest, uh, it's it's very hard to put your finger on a figure at this point right now. 
for several reasons. First of all, if we're applying the free market principles, obviously it will uh, depend uh, completely on supply and demand. The other thing that I'd like to say is that it's hard to estimate and, and give uh, and compare because no one's doing what we're planning to do right now. So we have no base for comparison. I mean, if we were going to say produce uh, uh, televisions or mobile phones, we could look at the mobile phones on the market and give an estimate of, of what, uh, you know, ours will cost and how much uh, you can earn uh, from it if you're selling it. But giving access to your own uh, medical data uh, through the blockchain in a recorded safe manner is actually uh, an innovative concept. So it would be difficult to put our finger on an actual figure right now. And that's why actually I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to do this. The free market will show the right figure. Okay, interesting. That sounds like uh, it'd be uh, interesting to find out how much that's worth. Uh, so, uh, so far in your uh, since starting this project and developing it, what have been some unexpected obstacles that you've encountered uh, that when you started you weren't anticipating, but uh, in retrospect now uh, you look at and uh, can look back on and think that that was uh, not something that you had anticipated? Uh, yeah, okay. Should I go for this one? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, it's yeah. up to you, Dave. Okay, well, <clears throat> see, the planning of our project and the way uh, we we engineered things, uh, I wouldn't say that we have experienced any serious uh, hurdles or obstacles whatsoever. One thing, however, we were not totally prepared for was the very bearish market since uh, January or like, let's say more like February uh, last year. And why am I saying this? Because um, obviously it, it affected the, uh, you know, crowdfunding that we are running, but also it affected uh, somehow the mentality of people who are not really into the, um, into the cryptocurrency sector. Because um, quite often last year after after the you know uh, sharp drop in 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 market uh, capitalization of for cryptocurrencies if you went out there and spoke to people who know nothing about it once you mentioned blockchain everybody was saying oh it's that bitcoin thing it turned out to be a fraud and and things like this so working around this this uh, image how should they say this image challenge was something that uh, was one one obstacle and one hurdle that I didn't expect we'll have to uh, go through. And it was a surprising one. But it has taught us a lot of things, uh, a lot of things. And to be honest, you know, we all know you can never predict the future. But one of the slogans of our company, and it's actually hanging on a big poster in our in our office, uh, says the best way to predict the future is to create it. So we are creating right now uh, what we see as the future of healthcare. And uh, because we are creating it and engineering it, I don't think we will, um, we will come across many obstacles in the future as well. Okay, so on that, on that uh, note, um, so over the next, let's say 12 months, what would be some good metrics uh, to um, use in order to measure the success 
that you have over the next 12 months. So, uh, for example, uh, can you give us some idea for what you would consider to be a good metric uh, to use to judge your success over the next 12 months? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, see, because it's it's uh, it's a variety um, ecosystem of six platforms. Each one of them actually is is like a little uh, baby of its own. So you know, let's say if you've got six kids, you're hoping with this period, you know, one of them to start talking, the other one to start walking, the third one to start running. So I wouldn't want to go into very detailed uh, figures right now. But of course, the the most important uh, you know thing for us would be to build traction and and enlarge our user base uh, over the next 12 months and make the project uh, an actual true business success after the ICO is finished. And this will happen in many ways. This will happen in attracting enough number of um, business customers to our uh, B2B platforms and attracting enough individual users for the health records, but also as users of the marketplace. I'm really hoping that this would allow us also to develop the charitable trust fund, the Cures Token Charitable Trust Fund, and support some projects uh, as well, although the Cures tokens that we've got there are time-locked for a specific period, so there's not going to be much activity there in the next 12 months exactly. But within 12 months, yeah, my, my main, uh, how should they say, aim, my main, um, uh, not dream, but my, my main target would be to build traction and attract as much um, users to to the platforms of the cures token ecosystem okay great and do you have any other uh, upcoming uh dates that are important for you uh, for example uh do you have uh, a launch date in mind or do you have uh, other announcements or other important dates coming up in the future that you'd like to share yeah well i'd like to uh mention that uh you know all of these uh news are uh in uh, our, our regularly updated on our website, curestoken.com. I already mentioned about a very important um, milestone, which is the listing on a few major exchanges. The news for this will be uploaded on the website in exactly a month's time. Uh, so watch watch out for this. And um, you know the, the milestones the milestones that that we have immediately right now is that we're launching the official public sale in three days. Uh, until now we were in pre-sale stage with with different uh, levels of uh, bonuses and so on. Now we are launching the official public sale in exactly three days. And uh, well, actually, let's make it three things for luck. Uh, official public sale in three days, exchange listing in about 30 days, and the rising interest and price of Cures Token. Can you tell us uh, where users can find out more about you? Uh, well, users and supporters can find all the necessary information about our project on curestoken.com. Uh, it's all there, it's updated regularly, or join our Telegram group, which is Cures Token, which, by the way, has already about over 12,000 members, I think, to this date. Uh, well, 
thank you guys. We've got a long way to go. We trust that uh, we will succeed. Everyone who can, uh, who wants and can support us can find the necessary information on curestoken.com or uh, on our uh, social channels on, on absolutely any social network that you can imagine out there. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you guys on the podcast. And thank you for coming on to talk to us about your project. And we'd love to have you on again in the future when you have more announcements to make. Um, I guess thank yeah, you my for guest on us. the show. Yeah, my guest on the show is Luke and uh, excuse me. Uh, my guest on the show is David, David and Stefan, uh, CEO and CFO of Cures Token. Uh, thank you again for coming on. It was a pleasure speaking to you. And we'll speak again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bounty Zero X podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast below. Check out BountyZeroX.io, the number one bounty hunting platform where you can complete work and earn cryptocurrency. Please consult your professional financial investment and tax advisors before making any investment in initial coin offerings. Bounty Zero X does not provide investment or financial advice and does not endorse or recommend investment in any ICOs advertised on the Bounty Zero X podcast or website.